0: Welcome to Caregivers Haven Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping families who are caregivers of a loved one with a mental illness, gain peace of mind. Even though this is a podcast focused on family caregivers of the mentally ill, much of the discussion can be helpful to any caregiver. Your host is Sandra, your caregiver nurse consultant who has a family caregiver, shares her passion for helping others and her lived experiences as a caregiver to provide education, support, and resources to other families. Sandra is a registered nurse, and many of her guests are healthcare professionals. However, this is not a professional podcast, nor are we associated with any mental health counseling or medical doctor. Please seek help with the professional provider if needed.
1: how are you? So glad to be here again. And today we're continuing with our Back to to the Basics of Self-Care theme with Nicole. I'm here with Nicole and today we're going to talk about the emotional and mental side of self-care. Hi Nicole, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for joining us. Oh my pleasure. I love talking about (laughs) self-care. Yep, yeah, she, she's awesome. So, so Nicole and I met, we were both speakers at a family caregiver conference and um, she's just so calm and gentle in her talking and so knowledgeable about self-care. You guys are going to enjoy it. So I'm going to read her bio real quick. So you'll get to know her as well. Her, her name is Nicole Dawes. Did I say that right? Pronounce that right? Dawes. Nicole Doss, she's a caregiver coach and a self care advocate who chooses happiness, despite her circumstances. She's also the proud mother of a neurotypical son and a daughter with a rare genetic disease and autism. Her mission is to change the story around caregiving and celebrate the journey. She honors the role of caregiver by helping them, she honors the role of caregivers, excuse me, by helping them recognize their worth and their true gifts. As a self-care coach experience as her teacher, Nicole's clients come to her because they feel stressed to the max. Mm, me too. <laughs> she provides them the tools and strategies needed to shift them from feeling stressed and overwhelmed to regaining control of their lives and feeling gratitude and joy in their lives. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you. I'm happy, here. I'm happy you're here because um, all of us caregivers, we all, we all need this. I was, um, I did an episode um, with um, someone who's like really into exercise and health care, And I was just saying like, I'm a caregiver too. So even though I'm helping other caregivers, it's a journey. It's a journey for all of us. We all need to practice self-care. And I wish I hadn't really understood what self-care meant like years ago. I think it would have helped me um i get it now and i'm on that journey but it's still a process it's still a process so um, in this in this back to the basics um series we're talking about back to the basics of taking care of ourselves like i said a few minutes ago um we started with nutrition sleep exercise and now um, our mental and emotional state so for the for the mental and emotional side um of back to the basis of self-care Like, how do you describe that? Our mental and emotional, what does that mean? Back to the basics for our mental and emotional Mm -hmm. side of self-care. Question.
2: So for me, I believe that the first step is acceptance. And I really want to explain that acceptance isn't linear where it's you kind of accept or you believe you've reached acceptance and then you check the box and then you're kind of good because there's certainly ebbs and flows to the caregiver journey. So I really want everyone to appreciate that. But for me, it was really about accepting, oh my goodness, my life will not be how I planned it. My relationship with my daughter isn't quite exactly how I envision it. You know, When you're Um, Well, for me, I was nursing and I was envisioning, you know, coaching her in volleyball and her walking down the aisle and traveling, you know, and all those wonderful things we do. And and so for me, it was really accepting that, oh, okay, this way forward will look very different. And I need to put all of those other projections and dreams and, you know, feelings kind of to bed. Allow myself to feel them. And then that's kind of the link is when we allow ourselves to accept at least where we're at in the moment, it then allows us to feel the emotions that are coming up because at the beginning I was in denial Mm -hmm. that, Oh my goodness, this, this is too much. Like, no, 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 no. My one day, my daughter's just going to wake up and she's going to talk and she's going to walk and she's going to know how to, you know, brush her teeth. And that denial then didn't allow me to feel anything around that experience. And so from a mental perspective, I think that's so key. But part of that is to reassure caregivers that it's normal to feel these emotions. Um, For me, I felt a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. I thought I was being punished for my previous misdeeds, which sounds kind of horrible now that I say it out loud, but I think it's just so much. We're trying to make sense of something that we'll never truly understand. And, you know, there's a finite number of emotions. So it makes sense. We're going to feel all of them, the anger, the resentment, the fear, the worry. And so as scary as it is to feel them, that's actually part of the pathway to healing and being, you know, feeling better mentally and also physically physically because when we deny those emotions then we just kind of bury them and store them and long term that's
1: not healthy. True I agree and I and I think um, it's not a it's not a I'm in this emotional state and I'm done with that and now I'm here and I'm done with that and um, so I'm the family caregiver or someone with mental illness and Nami, um, the National Association of Mental Illness, some of the classes that I've gone to, they have a they have a, um, a little chart with the emotional stages mm-hmm. and it's like it's crisis coping and advocacy. And I have found, I feel like I'm in advocacy, which is why I have this podcast and this platform because I want to help other people. Um, but I'm, I'm not always like just in advocacy. <laughs> you know, there are times when I've had, you know, things have happened and I jump back into the crisis state. There are times when I'm, um, what I'm coping, and you know, I'm still coping with some stuff, but I'm still advocating. So it's not like this finite. Okay, I, you know, I, I felt, I, you know, over here I was feeling sad, or I feel like I couldn't cope with something, and now I'm over here. I'm finding that it, it, it can, it can kind of jump around. However, because I have, um, because I have, I don't want to say mastered because it's not mastered because again it's changing. But because I'm in acceptance. I'm able to jump around with my emotions and still handle it because, and it took me a long time for acceptance. I'm a registered nurse and I knew what the diagnosis was and I knew what it meant, but I was still like, Oh no, you know, well, even though the doctor said this, this can happen. Or even, you know, I was still there, but acceptance is huge because it helps you to move forward. But sometimes it doesn't happen like for a really, really long time for, Mm -hmm. um, for some people. So
2: And I I just like to add to that is part of the, for me, the acceptance, um, and I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, but is the self-awareness. So for example, at the beginning of my caregiver journey, I had tricked myself into thinking things will get easier as my daughter gets older. Mm -hmm. That's how I could kind of manage, you know, accept where I was at the moment And then she got older and then I was like, holy crap. Oh no, no, no. Things aren't getting easier because she's getting bigger and stronger Mm -hmm. and she's just hit puberty. And, and so I kind of regressed a little on the acceptance. I'm like, there's more. And, and, but because I had that self-awareness, then that helped me allow, okay, these are a lot of emotions that are coming. And then I thought I had dealt with this. Uh Uh-oh. And so they're kind of this, as you said, they're, they're all interconnected that as long as we can, and I, I don't know why to just say, keep the gateways of everything open and knowing that it is a journey and that there's going to be bumps in the road, but at the end of the day, it will all work out. <laughs> That's yeah. my mantra.
1: And I think for me, just understanding that it's a journey has been helpful and, and with that and what I mean by that, I have learned um, with my caregiving, but also just with my own health is I've been taking, I literally, you know, you as I say, take they, take things day by day, and I have learned to take it moment by moment. And keeping my mind thinking like that, that I'm taking this moment by moment, has it has been huge because... When you're a caregiver, things, I mean, just in life, things literally can change moment by moment. And so instead of me saying day by day, that was, for me, that was too big of a chunk. And so now I do it moment by moment and it, it is, it has helped my life like, you know, tremendously. So what does self-care mean to you? Um, for
2: me, self-care is anything that brings me joy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that has allowed me to really embrace my own self-care journey because I've really stripped away all of those barriers I have put up and all of that stuff that society or the media try to project or tell me what self-care is. And I think it's being really grounded and no, no, I know what I need and just ensuring I'm getting a little bit every day. So that's Mm. It's twofold. It's, it's things that bring me joy, but ensuring I at least access it daily. I call it my North star. And so depending on what the day looks like, uh, then I sometimes can do quite a few activities and others other days, not as many, but uh, there's gotta be a, a few of them in there
1: for me. Mm, that's awesome. I like that things that bring you joy. I really love that. Mm-hmm. And and so, how did you become so passionate about self care, and why is it non negotiable? I mean, you're like a self care coach, like, and that's and you're that's your niche. So, what what made you become so pa- so passionate about it?
2: Yeah,
1: um, you know, I think it, what we
2: were talking about earlier
1: at the beginning
2: of my journey, I I was in denial, and I was in shock, and it was a lot. So I was as for every caregiver. You know, I was working full time. I ha- You know, in addition to my daughter, uh, my son, Jordan, is two and a half years older. So when Summer started her therapies in, uh, at 18 months, means I had a very energetic three and a half year old little boy mm-hmm. just craving for attention. And he didn't quite understand what was going on because his sister was just consuming so much uh, of our energy mm-hmm. and our time. And he was just hearing everything on the calendar. Like he would say, mom, can I go to the doctor's appointment too? Mm. Cause he just saw everything, you know, summer, 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 doctor, neurologist, dermatologist, therapy, etc. cetera. And so I just went into survival mode. Like, okay, got to work. And, um, I want to say a high stress job, but a, a job that had daily deadlines. Mm. Um, and so you know it's okay went to work make sure that's done you know run the household etc but after about four or five years my body was really letting me know that it was unsustainable so i was breaking out in rashes like where the dermatologist was saying i've never seen this i have no idea and then i ended up in emergency Mm -hmm. because i had a full-on attack at work which was very unsettling because work was my safe space Mm -hmm. Right. I could go to the bathroom by myself. I could eat lunch in peace. You know, I was Nicole at work. Mm -hmm. I wasn't Mm mom. And so being, you know, taken out on the trolley uh, during, you know, midday to the ambulance and then I get to the hospital and they're like, you're fine. Everything's great. And I was like, ah, okay, I get it. I was like, there are no doctors who specialize in supporting families of, you know, children with special needs, I was like, oh, I'm responsible. It's, it's up to me. And at first I resisted it, right? I was like, oh great, one more thing. I have to take care of myself. So I think it was really coming to that, you know, my body has sent me many warnings. Um, it's very clear that I am responsible. And so what I did is I started making small changes and I started feeling better. It's like seeing the results right away. Like as anyone who loves being active, you know, as hard as it is can either to go for a run or go to the gym, you feel better after you do it. And then you usually sleep better. And so those are the small things I started to do. And then I just started doing more and more. Um, And then I realized that there were other caregivers who, who were looking for that, who needed that support. And um, that's kind of how I've fallen in love with it. And uh, I just, yeah, I love talking about it and breaking it down, you know, as I said, because for me, I've removed all the barriers. And then um, it allows me to then share my perspective with other caregivers and allow
1: them to see self-care in a different light. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you said you had to decide On your own to get some help. So, so the doctors from that help you Did anyone ever um, suggest therapy for you or any other kind of care, or did you really have to do all of this by yourself. Okay, that's sorry. That's actually a great question. you just
2: reminded me, I did go to a um, retreat for parents um, and there was a session on self care. And there was this lady with a PhD and, you know, all the, you know, letters behind her name. And she gave us a 26 page deck. (laughs) Now communications is my background. So I'm going to say that I'm biased. I'm like, number one, you don't like, you don't do 26 page decks. (laughs) But then secondly, I was like, this isn't what we need. She doesn't get it. So I think that was also the aha. I'm like, I don't need a PhD behind my name to share what's worked for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why in my bio, I share experiences my teacher. So I'm not saying this is the only way, I'm saying this is what's worked for me. So yes, I've worked with mentors, I've worked with different coaches, and I've taken the bits and pieces that I like, and that work for a caregiver, and then I've just made them my own and packaged them that in a way that I believe would be most supportive for caregivers. And
1: it's mm-hmm. not a deck. <laughs> right. So um, I, I've, I'm i writing a book and I actually have that in there because, so I've seen it from both sides, right? I've been I've been the healthcare provider where I'm giving discharge instructions to yes. to someone. And now I've been on the other side where I was giving discharge instructions when my family member was discharged from the hospital. And when you said that 26-page deck, I just, I thought about it because I'm like, They literally handed me, like, a stack of (laughs) just a big giant stack of papers, and I'm just standing there like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, because when when someone is ill, whether they've had a stroke or they've had a heart attack or they're in there for mental illness, you're stressed. You're in crisis mode. You have to bring this family member home and now take care of them, and you're giving me the stack of papers that I don't have time to read right now. You know, I'm... I need something like what some quick step by steps. I don't need like you just said a 26 page deck. I don't need um, a big giant stack of papers. I, I was talking. I was helping um, a family member a few weeks ago and they were saying when they first came home, the um, the um, after visit summary, she goes, I don't even know what happened to it. Like we got sent home with so much stuff. Like I didn't have time to read it that day. And then by the time I did have time to read it, I didn't even know where it was. And so it's just, it's not helpful. So it's been interesting because I, you know, I'm on the side where I'm given all this stack of papers and I'm given this um, after visit summary. Now, a little bit of difference though, I'm a neonatal ICU nurse or I was before I retired. And we, we started discharge teaching way before discharge. And so we gave the family members things in increments, but on the day of discharge, we still did give like a big stack of stuff. And, and that's not what people need. People, people, people need something and, and bite-sized pieces that will help them when they first get home.
2: Yes. And in actually another example, this just happened a few weeks ago. I was giving a uh, talk to uh, to a group of about 30 or 40 people and one of the people said, you know, can you answer this question for me? Um, I went to a mental health workshop and the psych- I asked this question to the psychologist and she didn't have an answer for me. And then she you know, asked me the question and I was like, oh yeah, this is what I do, ABC. And I just, again, I share that in like theory only It's no disrespect to people. It's it's not the point. It's just that that's I I feel it's just so important from a community perspective of you know, kind of what is your training. And this training is, oh, I live this daily, and for the last 12 years I've been a caregiver, and for the last seven, I've focused on self-care and I feel really good where I'm at right now. Um, again, good days and bad days. Oh, but don't worry. I'm also working with the coach and this is how I explain it to people is we're all on different, um, we're all at different stages of the path or the journey or some people I have a friend who calls it a roller coaster. And so you just, you, you look forward and you get tips and you take information and then you apply it or you use it and then you just turn around and you're like, here, I'm gonna share what's worked for me. And then that's kind of the beauty of life and so I always say I'm both a, a
1: student and teacher, right? And I I agree with that. And it, um, I think our family is a is a is a big example because we um, we actually have several family members like on both sides of our family who have mental illness. And my husband is a therapist, and I'm an RN. And you would think, oh, they have it all together; they know everything. But we have learned a lot more taking care of people than a, than a book could ever teach us, you know, it's the, the experience is, is where you really, really learn. And even in nursing, like, I mean, I, you go to nursing school for all those years, but it's not until you're out on the floor actually doing and implementing what you learn that, that you really understand. And I think when you were talking just now, it reminded me, um, I remember when I was really young, um, I, I had a friend who went to a Lamaz class <laughs> it's still, I can still see her telling the story and it's still funny to this day, but um, She, she was a few years older than me because I wasn't married or had kids or anything yet, but she went to Lamaze class and she she came and she was saying I packed my stuff up in the middle of that class and I walked out and I was like, why like what happened. And you know, back then, like everyone was taking a lo- Lamaze and everyone loved it and they were all excited. And she said it was because the instructor had never had a baby before. <laughs> And she said, she said, how am I going to listen to you and you haven't even been through what you're telling me that I'm going to go through. And so, so as a nurse, like at first I was kind of like, but we kind of do that a lot. Like we learn and then we teach, but can you, I can understand how she felt. It's just like you're saying the lived experience is really good experience. And she, even though that person Converbalized what she learned about having a baby and all the stages, and she had, you know, been a nurse a long time and saw like a lot of babies being born. She had not actually experienced it, and and this lady, she was like, I can't take a class from that person. So I agreed The live laughing it. at that story <laughs> because I've had people ask me, so
2: what's it like, you know, delivering? Because I was um, two all natural births. It was just something that I wanted to do. Like again, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, oh, you can't tell them the truth, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of like, so I was just like, it will just take you to inner strengths you did not even know. Like, I didn't tell them about the tearing. Uh, uh, about, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All that stuff. But um, but yeah, it, it's like, it's so true. Anyway, sorry. It's a, yeah, no,
1: <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's true. The lived experience is... Um, it's different. And so, and that's why I, I just have a passion for helping people because I feel like now that I've seen it on both sides, I can really help people um, when they, if, if, especially with like, if they're dealing with someone with a new diagnosis and they're just not bringing them home, I really help them. Um, it's kind of weird. That's kind of, I'm kind of niching down even more to that of really helping people with that discharge process and just getting, a plan in place because it's it's very difficult and a lot of times unless unless you're at a facility that, that has a discharge planner who is not very busy the discharge process can be very very quick and not i mean it may be a lot of information but it's just so quick it's overwhelming to the families and so um i just i just try to help people through that because it's just yeah i still think about that i was i remember just standing there like what am i supposed to do about like I need to know what to do. Like, this is new for me. Like (laughs) I don't have time to go through all of these papers. I'm taking this person home right now. So, And to that point as well, I think it's really
2: important is that for the person, as you said, who's just chart or taking the person home, they don't know what they don't know. And I remember when I first in, in my home province in Canada, they called a social worker who was assigned to me. And I know one day I remember so mad. She called me out of the blue. And so, you know, I'm at work and I get this call and she's like, Oh, I just wanted to check in. Do you have any questions? And I was like, number one, it wasn't scheduled. And you know, I, I always say like at work, I'm like smart. And then anything related to my daughter, it's a different part of my brain. It's like right Mm -hmm. connected to my heart. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think straight. And I was like, uh, no, I don't have any questions. She's like, okay, perfect. I'll touch base. You know, I'll, I'll contact you again. in a, I was going through my list and I'll call back in a few months. And then like a couple hours later, you know, started thinking. You got
1: lots I was of questions.
2: So mad. But I was so, so mad. And it was just, you know, that why am I the one that needs to have the questions? Like, where's the value added? Right. You know, oh, I'm here to support you. I was wondering, do you, you know what I mean? But so I just think it's wonderful with your both of the experience you're bringing to this, of both supporting someone with mental health, but also your RN, that you'll be able to assist people because you'll be able to give them the answers that they don't even know they have the questions to. Or right. you know what I mean? That,
1: yes. Yeah. 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 So we have uh, we have social workers here in the U.S. too who uh, yeah. who are involved in the discharge process. So same same type of thing happens. <laughs> Well, I think, what's I think it's, I think it's sorry to cut you off, but I think it's because it's, it's, they're busy. I mean, and that's, that's no excuse, but you know, when you first, when you first graduate from whatever, nursing school or become a social worker, you have all these aspirations to really help people and sit yeah. down and talk to them, help them. But reality is, especially if you work at a big facility, reality is you don't always have time to do it that way. And I mean, it's really, really sad, but that's reality sometimes. Why do you believe self-care is so challenging for caregivers? Self-care is so challenging. Like, why do I wait till four o'clock to feed myself sometimes? (laughs) Yes. The, uh, oh, million dollar question.
2: I think there's a couple reasons. I think number one is the... know for the majority of people and i can only speak myself so i'm a woman so i'm just going to say thinking generally as women we're kind of raised to believe hey you you know you take care of your husband you take care of the kids you take care of the family right like you're the backbone and um no one ever like teaches or models you know actually you're first. And and for those who, um, you know, who who may be more religious, I know that like there's different orders of who goes first in that. But I I just think just generally speaking, being raised, nobody said, Nicole, it's really important that you always focus on your needs first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when you enter into a partnership, you're, you know, all of those things. And so then you have a child with special needs, or then you're caring for someone who needs support. You think, "Oh my goodness, they depend on me, and then, like there's that guilt. so at the beginning of my journey, I used to go to the gym at nine o'clock at night because I told myself, "Well, I've been at work all day, I can't and and my kids need to see me. I can't go to the gym while they're awake like mm-hmm. that like there's guilt and manipulation, et cetera mm-hmm. and so Um, that's how I was able to balance that guilt at the beginning. And just thankfully, it worked with my... I could come home from the gym and go to sleep. And I know not everyone that's the case. But I think the other part of that is... um, It it requires having challenging conversations or setting boundaries. And it's... um, You know, even God love my mom... I know my first girl's weekend, she said, well, aren't you lucky you get to go away? And, you know, your husband will stay home and watch the kids. And this is a woman who raised me to be independent. And I was like, I'm lucky? Excuse me? And it, I just thought, wow, there's all these subliminal, this, all this messaging we get. And I know she wasn't trying to make me feel bad, but I found it was so fascinating. She didn't say, I'm so happy that you're getting to take time away you're going to be able to focus i know how challenging it is so i don't know it's all of these things but i believe that i'm sorry and media doesn't help mm. in the sense of you know it's more than a pedicure and a manicure or going to the spa or or spending money and i think that's part of it you you don't need to spend money and you don't need to leave the house in order to do self care activities. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons. People believe, well, I don't have all that extra time. I need to take an hour out of my day, versus I just need, it could be going in the bathroom and just closing the door for 15 minutes, having some time to myself, I'm going to do some deep breathing or I'm going to do a meditation or I'm just going to look in the mirror and talk really nice to myself Mm -hmm. instead of saying I'm such a horrible mom. (laughs) Those sort of things I think are kind of all come together to make it really challenging for caregivers to take time um, without guilt and so that they can enjoy the time they do take to do something that, yeah, that brings them joy.
1: Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this back to the basics thing is that there are some basics that we need to take care of before we go do. Now, I love a massage. I love getting my nails done. I love all of those things. But there are some basic needs that we need to take care of first before we get to that point. Because if you're not eating properly, or you're having insomnia, or, you know, you're not exercising so that you can calm down a little bit, you're you're never going to truly enjoy those things and so that that's my whole point of this and we're going to talk about having doing the fun stuff but you know I just want everyone to like look at these basics first and it's huge what you just said that it doesn't have to cost money you don't have to leave the house there are things you can do that will really help you your self care um, that you can do right at home so thank you for giving those examples and I think when you talked about women, yes, yeah, so we as women, we're we're expected to be the ultimate caregiver. I mean, that's and I, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because because we just don't know. And what I mean wrong with that is that I'm not saying that we were all taught the wrong way on purpose. Like it's just we just didn't know, right? We just didn't know that we should take care of ourselves. And I think for a lot of people. Um, For those who have flown on a plane, the first time they probably ever learned about self care is when they talk about putting the oxygen mask on themselves first, a lot of people like, oh yeah, put it on me first so that I can take care of them. Um, A a lot of people hadn't thought of it that way. I know I hadn't thought of it that way until I heard that. And I think that um, a lot of people just didn't get it, didn't understand. And then when you... Uh, one of my friends, I've talked about this on a couple of podcasts before, we were talking one day, and she was talking about there's a scripture in the Bible that um, says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And she was saying that a lot of times people forget about the second part. Like we're all into loving our neighbor and giving to other people and helping other people. But it says to love yourself first, and then do those things. But we we don't, we kind of, we got it backwards. And I, and so I told her as we were having this conversation, with her, I said, and along with that, in the Christian world, we are also taught to be humble and to have humility and to, and a lot of times the way that we are taught that it's kind of like putting yourself second and putting everybody else first in, in that sense also. And so, yeah, we just have to learn things a little bit differently. And I think, as we learn about self-care and we learn about self-love, like really loving ourselves first and taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of everyone else. I'm hoping that it will decrease a lot of anxiety in a lot of people because we are all doing way too much. And then we have anxiety and we have all these things and maybe, maybe it will help calm things down a little bit. If people really understood what self-care is and then started practicing it, that that's my hope my hope because yeah we were we're all um doing a lot Mm -hmm. and forgetting about ourselves and I think that kind of goes back to my mission around when
2: I say I want to change the conversation around caregiving it's the you know it's the harmony of recognizing that it is challenging like you know not like we signed up for this right but we would never not do it right Mm -hmm. like we love the people we're taking care of with all of our heart but we still get to choose, right? We, we, we're allowed to have a meaningful life and still be a caregiver and still be an awesome caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I think it's having these discussions around the back to basics so people understand and appreciate that we can control it all and that, yeah, there's going to be, every day is going to be a little different. But if we have the tools to know that we can show up and as I say, as our best self, so depend, again, as some days my best self is mm-hmm. awesome, and then other days you're kind Isn't of like, enough? I not did so get my best. Eat. You know, I may not be proud of it, but I think, and that's the other part, is just some humor. I, I really believe that, you know, the last couple of years I've been able to like not take life so seriously, mm-hmm. right? And I know for some caregivers that can feel very like, what do you mean? You know, there, you know, you know, there are children who require medical attention or, you know, there's feeding tubes and aging parents. And and it's so true, but we, we can't control how our loved ones uh, are in the present moment. We can only control how we care for them and how we love them and how we show up. And so, I've just learned to laugh at myself a little more. And that's allowed me to find more joy in my day. Mm-hmm. And I just challenge people to try it. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a journey, it, it is a journey. And as we go along, there are lots and of, lots of lessons. One of, one of my biggest lessons actually came last year, actually from a friend who lives in Toronto, actually near you. Um, my, my son, I, I think I told you that our whole family had COVID last year and, um, yeah, our whole family had COVID. My husband and my son were both hospitalized. I was here sick home alone and then they were in the hospital and, um, um, it was, it was bad. That's a a long story. My husband, my husband, they're good now, but uh, my husband was in there for like 21 days, almost didn't make it. It was bad, but one of the things I kept saying is that, you know, my husband's in ICU and normally if someone's in ICU, I'm in, I'm there with them right at the bedside, making sure everything's done okay. Um, and now he's in ICU and I can't even be there. You know, they were not letting people into the hospital at that point because of COVID. And it had just started, it was like in March when everything had started. And so I was telling my friend this and he said, he says, Sandra, um, God's in control. He's got this and I was like, I know, but it's I see you and I know I see you and he goes, Sandra, even when you're there, God is in control. Mm. And it kind of like hit me hard because yeah, so I didn't realize like I'm in every situation, I'm always trying to control stuff. And I didn't look at it as control. I just looked at it as I'm, I'm, I'm just, I love my husband. I'm care for my husband. I just want to make sure everything's okay. But it taught me a huge lesson by not being able to be in that hospital because I would have been there, sleeping there. I would have been there twenty-four-seven if I could have. And by me not being able to be there, that was a huge lesson learned for me. That I—it's not up to me to worry about every single thing all the time. It—it—it was—it it allowed a huge release in me, um, in my self-care um, duties to my, to my, to the person who I take care of, it just, it relieved me that lesson, like, even though it was a, it was not a lesson I wanted to learn in that way. Like, I didn't want my husband to be in there with COVID, but it helped me in so many areas of my life. It helped me as a caregiver. It helped me to see that there are some things I have to let go. And that is okay. It's okay to let them go. Like, I, I realized that God is in control. I cannot be everywhere all the time. And so it just, it helped me. It helped me a lot. It was just, it was a huge lesson learned that because as a caregiver, that's what I try to do. I try, I'm like, try to be everywhere and make sure everything, you know, and then that's where, that's when I stopped. I stopped practicing self-care because I'm so busy trying to make sure every single thing is okay. When I look, when I step back and think about myself first, I realize there are some things that I don't have to care. I don't have to be worried about every single second. There are some things that I can delegate to someone else. There are some things that weren't as important as important as I thought they were, you know? Okay, they, they got their lunch two hours late. Like there are some things that I just could not let go of, you know, just, I guess, maybe trying to be perfect. And that taught me that, I, God is in control and I don't have to be God. I don't have to try to fix every single solitary thing. And it's okay if I want to go for a walk by myself, you know, yeah. it's okay if I want to go to the beach five days in a row, you know, it's just, I, I had to learn that was well, not easy. Oh no, I, I, I like my control and I totally
2: appreciate that. And so, I mean, for me, it's just like really honoring, like good for you because that's so huge. It goes back to the awareness. I think anytime we can become aware of like, oh, I'm really trying to control this or I'm spending so much energy trying to control the situation that I have no control over. Cole, can you just like release it? And sometimes like... (laughs) Having those conversations with yourself is so important. And you kind of, again, you just laugh at yourself, like, uh-oh, there you go again, Nicole, trying to control. And then, you know what I mean? If you can make light of it, that's, I think, how you can make
1: small steps along the journey a little more enjoyable. Mm, good. So um, what are three self-care tips that you can give caregivers to do from home? Yeah. So my first one is Breathing.
2: And I know like, people are like, oh, thanks, Nicole. I'm already doing that. But like, no, 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 it's, it's intentional. And so it's called box breathing. And so the beauty about this is caregivers can make it their own. So box breathing just means that you breathe in for four seconds and you hold your breath for four seconds and then you breathe out. So you can do it as many times as you want, right? So if you find yourself like really, really upset and you've locked yourself in your bathroom, you may wanna do it for 10 counts. But again, if you already do some sort of conscious breathing um, or intentional breathing, you could like do the box breathing for seven seconds. So you where you breathe in for seven and then you hold for seven and breathe out. So that's the flexibility of it. If you need to go for 20 minutes, go for 20 minutes. If you only have five minutes, go for five. So make it your own. The other one is hugging. So I'm a tactile person and I love touch. And research is coming out like how important hugging is, like what it actually does for our body, where it slow, you know, it reduces the blood pressure, it slows your heart rate. And so if we're caregivers, that means that we do have someone whom we can hug. And it's hugging has been key part of connection with my daughter so even when she and you can actually join the first two so when my daughter is quite upset and I say she goes to the point of no return I will I don't want to say grab her but I'll take her in my arms and I'll hug her and even if she resists a little I and then I start doing the deep breathing and I'll prompt her I'm like I'm going to breathe And so I breathe in and after about like one or two breaths, I can feel her body relax and then eventually she'll join me. And this is a huge reset for both of us because when we come out of that embrace, we're both in a better place. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: So there's that. And if you have animals, I mean, there's like hugging, I mean, dogs, cats, I think it's the same effect, right? Like, Like having a cat and hearing them purr for me is just like hugging my daughter. And then the other one is meditation. Mm -hmm. So, um, this, you know, nowadays there's so many free apps where people can access it. Again, you can choose how long, five, 10, 15, 30. Um, you can do it anytime during the day. You can do it from anywhere. And so those are kind of my top three, where you don't need to leave your house and they don't cost anything.
1: And they don't cost
2: anything, God. yeah. And actually, I I did I shared these once um, pre-COVID, right before Christmas, as tips for parents. So I'm like, if you're traveling, like it's literally the three tips you can take everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you need a reset and if you have a child where schedule changing can sometimes make them a little more agitated these are three things you can do. For example, if you're at your in-laws or if you're camping, et cetera. So so yeah, that's why they're my favorite.
1: I I like that. A lot of people, um, they underestimate the power of breathing. It's funny because my grandmother, Nana, when she... When we were little and she would get upset. She would always start count, count <laughs> counting to 10. And sometimes she would always count out loud. But now that I think back on it, I'm like, so now we have all these studies about breathing and resetting and all that. But I'm like, she was, that's what she was doing back then. You know, she was calming herself down. But, um, and sometimes she would say one, two, three, four, five, and five is ten. Sometimes she would do that, but she—it was so funny. Now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, like she's she's been doing breathing and meditation a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's you know that that's really really important. That it's something you could do from home. You can go away from home, and it doesn't cost any money. And I so. I I do that and I tell people at times like for real just go somewhere for five minutes and just you know deep breathe or even just for a couple of minutes it really really does help and 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 I will say it may take some time for you to get used to it it may take you a while it may take a while for it to calm you down for you to really really feel it but if you just start practicing that it's really helpful and five minute breaks um when I was, you know, and working in the ICU, it would just get so crazy busy. But just like removing yourself from the area and just going somewhere and being quiet for five minutes um, was huge. And we even, ta- we even when I worked night shift, we talked about five minute power naps. Just, you know, you we could literally, literally go to sleep for like five minutes. Just get out of that room and just sleep for five minutes, and it it like rejuvenates you. It doesn't seem like it it would, but. It does. So meditation and breathing for five minutes. I'm a, I'm a huggy person. I love hugging. And, um, actually one time I I was kind of taken aback that this was years ago. There's a nurse and we were, she was crying about something and I hugged her. And when I hugged her, I felt her stiffen up and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean to invade your space. And she was like, no, it's okay. Just keep hugging me. And so I was like, I kept hugging her and when we were done, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like what happened? And she told me that when she grew up, she never got hugged. She said that her parents, when they did not hug her, but she had children. And she said, and so now my kids are always like hugging me and they're all over me. And she goes, I'm trying to get used to it. And that's why I asked you to keep hugging me. Wow. Um, and so I, I, I thought about that just now. Sorry, when you're talking about hugging, I love hugging. I love, um, I just, I don't know, I think I really do think it helps. One time I did it and it probably wasn't smart, <laughs> but I was, I was on my way to work one day and they um, there was, I got off the elevator and there is this, oh my gosh, there's this guy who I, you know, I didn't know, a complete stranger and he was yelling and screaming and crying and he had kicked over the trash can and he was kicking the wall. And I just like, hey, 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 what's going on? And I just grabbed him. I, I didn't know what was going on. I It was probably not the best idea to do that. But I just grabbed him and I hugged him. And I was like, what is going on? And I could feel his heart. When I grabbed him, I could just feel his heart pounding. And he's like, my baby, my baby. So to this day, I don't. I don't know what had happened, but because I worked in NICU and the NICU and labor and delivery departments were right together. He goes, My baby, my baby. And I was like, it's okay. And I said, Would you like for me to pray for you? And he goes, please. And I just, I just this whole time we're hugging, me and this complete stranger. And I just started praying for him. And I can feel his heart rate like decreasing. And um, but I just hugging, like just helping someone, you know, just holding them and helping them. I think it's I think it's really huge unless you know you don't know the person or unless the person doesn't like it of course but i don't know that's just mm-hmm. naturally my go-to i love hugging people
2: yeah i mean for for me like those who are very close to me and and for my son it's become part of our routine like he knows like non-negotiable wake up in the morning he comes downstairs gets a hug at night And, you know, you get to that place where I used to get like a hug before I went to school. But I mean, now he's almost 15, like he's cool. (laughs) But like, I'm like, I'm your mom. Like there's some things that are non-negotiable. So of course, behind closed doors. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I'm sure, I think he secretly loves it as well.
1: Yeah, just not in front of the friends. Yeah. (laughs) So um, what are your rules of engagement when supporting caregivers? Oh, so for me, it's meeting them where they're at.
2: And so it's, for, it's creating a space where people feel safe to share where they're at. And you know, my philosophies around self-care are there's no right or wrong, there's no judgment and there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. So you know, going back to the cat example, for me, part of my daily self-care routine is cuddling with my cat. Well, if you're allergic to cats, of course I wouldn't expect you to do that. And I know it's a you know a funny example, but it's it proves the point of we you can't compare like the the range of activities that can bring someone joy is so huge. It was like all you have to do is focus on yourself. And so that's kind of when I work with someone, it's almost like helping them unearth it's like remember before you were a caregiver like what did you do for fun like what lights you up and it's helping them you know it's almost like dream again like what would you love to do with but you tell yourself that you can't etc so those are the things that I really um and then work with their mindset like Mm -hmm. switching that from the I can't to how can I Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and then really you know helping them look at their future in a different light as well
1: i think that's
2: really important
1: yeah and i think uh we just said meeting them where they are and asking them what did they do before they were a caregiver that's huge i i went to i think it was maybe two years ago i went to a workshop and we had to um one of the questions was where do you like to shop and where do you i don't know all these things and I cannot answer them. I was like, well, I know where my husband likes to shop. I know what style of clothes my kids like. Like, I knew everything. The questions they were asking us, I knew everything about them. But like, over the years, I have forgotten about me. Like, what do I like? Where, Where do I like to shop? Or what do I like to do for fun? And it was just eye opening for me that I could not answer those questions. Like, I had to, not that I couldn't answer, but I had to think really, really hard about me. And I'm with me every day, all day. Like, how could I not answer the questions about me? But again, I think it's very common for that to happen to caregivers. I think um, a lot of us go through that. Um, and we, we have to, we have to do better. We have to practice this self care stuff that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I love um, everything that we've talked about. What I love about it is that it's so simple like anyone can do it they they are just very simple things that anyone can do anyone can start uh practicing as they're on their self-care journey and i think it's just i think it's going to be very helpful for people because we get so caught up in our day-to-day chores and activities and lists that we forget about the simple things sometimes we forget i mean how hard is it to you know sit and breathe for five minutes you know but we either don't know that it can help us or we yeah. we knew about it at one part in our life and we forgot about it. Um, so I think I think it's huge as you're bringing all of this up and giving all these tips. Um, Terry everyone. So do you have any, uh, do you have any final um, Final comments for our caregivers and or do you have any um, anything that you'd like to share about your business with the caregivers
2: well i think it'd be you know if people are listening to this and you know what i'm saying resonates or you know they like my style because i always say like i there's just one version of nicole and how i you know speak when i'm you know doing podcasts is exactly how i coach and so if it's something that you're kind of oh i would love to learn more or just follow part of my journey um my website nicoledaws.com you can sign up for my weekly blog And I have a um, online course. So it's a eight module um, self-care foundation course. And then I do one-on-one coaching with caregivers. It's a four month journey to help them really look at moving them from acceptance into awareness and then into alignment. So yeah, people can reach out. As I said, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, everything is Nicole Dawes. So easy to find
1: awesome thank you so much and i really appreciate you uh coming on caregivers haven podcast i'm so happy that you agreed to be on the show and hopefully you'll come back i mean you have a wealth of information and i hope you'll come back and join us at some point um especially like during maybe autism awareness month or something like that so you can help some of the moms out there with um their self-care needs as they care for their children so i think that would be awesome Yeah, no, I would love to. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, caregivers, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today.
0: You can find Sandra on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Caregivers Haven. If you enjoy listening to Caregivers Haven podcast, please share, subscribe, follow, and favorite.